skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair? So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash just break up. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash just break up for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash just break up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like being sexually open, False dichotomies in dating uh. and healing while in a relationship. Mm. But first, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we uh, are not licensed no. to do this. Nope. We have no qualifications. Nobody told us we could do this. No. Uh, we have no certifications. We are just two humans, um, you know, without certification. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're are not you certified in like anything. Are you? I'm certified in. First aid mental health crisis response. Wow. That's a lot of work. I mean, maybe my certification is up too because I don't know how long it lasts. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it probably is because that was like two years ago. That's legit. Yeah, but I'm a licensed administrator of the intercultural development inventory. What does that mean? Uh, It is an assessment that helps understand where you are in your intercultural development. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can assess me later. Yeah. Anyway, this is all to say 
We are not professionals. We are not trained in this. Please take our advice as you see fit. Sam and I are just here to offer our humble musings, so if we shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Welcome to episode 80. 80. One, 81. 81. It's 81. Sorry, my bad. (laughs) Cool. That means we already <laughs> recorded 80 and I forgot the number already. <laughs> no, no. It was our live show that we did last week. Oh. That's why you forgot it. Yes. The one that we did last week, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, we are recording this before our live show. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's get into it. Today, our check-in topic is I'm going to educate Sam on something that I am barely educated in, but I've heard it talked about. I've People have written us um to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so this is what we're going to check in about is something called trauma bonding. Okay. And trauma bonding, um, according to Wikipedia, occurs as the result of ongoing cycles of, of abuse um, in which the intermittent reinforcement of reward and punishment creates a powerful emotional bond that is resistant to change. A simpler and more like encompassing definition is that trauma, uh, trauma bonding is a strong emotional attachment between an abused perser, person and his or her abuser formed as a result of the cycle of violence. Mm. You recognize that, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think that that's something we see in our letters, in a lot of unhealthy relationships. For sure. Um, but I would add to it something that I think that I've seen this evolve into, too, is that when two people are both dealing with their own shit and, and are bringing their own trauma and, and histories to the table, and they might not even mean to be toxic to each other, or they might not be lashing out to uh, to one another, but... They're so they become so bonded in that hurt, mm-hmm. so bonded in the acknowledgement of their pain and trauma um, that they that that becomes almost like a safe space for them in their relationship. And that the couple, the bondedness, um, the comfort of that bond can kind of prevent you from breaking out of the tr- the trauma based triggers or reactions. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And I think that this is going to be um, mentioned later in the show, mm. but uh, an Instagram account called The Holistic Psychologist, um, so she compared trauma bonding to authentic bonding mm-hmm. in a post that she shared. And so like trauma bonding would be like, it's very fear-based, first of all, um, and it's very hurt-based, like it's the centering of hurt. Um, and trauma bonding would be like, fix me, save me, validate my existence, mm-hmm. whereas authentic bonding would be learn about me, see me, and hold space for all that I am, right? Uh, trauma bonding is chaotic, it's unpredictable, it's mm-hmm. a roller coaster of emotions, whereas authentic bonding with a partner is steady, safe, consistently showing up for each other without question. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite is trauma bonding is you complete me, mm-hmm. and the problems with that statement, versus an authentic bond, which is you enhance who I already am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, two more. Um, trauma bonding is I betray myself and all of my needs to receive love. Mm-hmm. Really relate to that one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think particularly that one um, in context of like two traumatized people, who, two people who are bringing their own trauma mm-hmm. um, to the table uh, separately. Rec- 
and they don't know how to prioritize their own needs or their own health because they're kind of like they're codependent in this healing process. Right. And that codependency doesn't let them um, prioritize their needs, have healthy, healthy boundaries, that sort of thing. For sure. Whereas in an authentic, healthy bond, um, the holistic psychology psychologist says, I do the work to meet my own needs first. Mm-hmm. It's the thing mm-hmm. where I've heard like it's the it's the airline thing where they always say, put your mask on first before assisting, assisting others. others. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is a trauma bond would be uh, my relationships mirror the patterns of my childhood experience. Mm. Whereas an authentic bond is my relationships are based in freedom, accountability and peace. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you. um one, how does that all make you feel <laughs> since I made you go into this completely blind? <laughs> um, I think you're right that we see a lot of that in the letters that we get from folks. Yeah. Um, I think what stood out in that for me was definitely like the roller coaster portion of it of like, right. um, you know, we we you talked about how your sister told you once, like the person that you love is the person that makes you feel the most. Right. And I. No right. longer agree with her. Yes. <laughs> um, but I think that that's something that um, we get taught a lot is that like the person that you love, like the love of your life is going to make you feel the most. Right. Um, and I think that therefore we give a lot of um, sort space. of. Yeah, we give a lot of space for people who make us feel a lot of things that we don't need to right, be feeling. Right. But also that we sort of poo poo relationships that are slow and steady. Yeah. And that are like, oh, this just. Like, this just feels good. Like, this person yes. feels like a partner for me. Um, where's the passion? Yeah, where's the passion, right? <laughs> Don't you just want to, like... Don't you just want to, like, throw and dishes then, like, and yeah, then right. fuck? Yeah, right? <laughs> no, uh, I don't. <laughs> no, that sounds awful. Mostly because dishes are expensive. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think we see that, like, in television. Yeah. And I think there's just, like, a this sort of glamorization of, like, oh, my God, you need to feel everything when and you're there's with this a glamorization person. i think of two people dealing with trauma at once and mm-hmm. i see this a lot like online like in the tumblr universe i'm not on tumblr yeah. anymore but that's what it reminds me of of like um i'm broken and you're broken so we're meant to be together right instead of like i'm broken and i'm deserving of healing myself <laughs> And you're broken and you deserve healing. Right. Yep. Um, I also think uh, this trauma bonding reminds me of um, substance abusers, people who are struggling with addictions Mm -hmm. and how, you know, so many uh, rehabilitation tactics or like AA, they suggest period of abstinence from mm-hmm. dating yep. af- following getting sober and it's because they you don't want to create a relationship whose sole foundation is trauma right, right. Yep. is um suffering it, it has to be a foundation of healing sure. or sustainability or peace like the um, holistic psychologist says on instagram it has to be a foundation of peace and not chaos right well, I think it's just a good reminder for all of us that <clears throat> that so many of the the issues in society in our relationships are the result of trauma, are the result of yes. um, you know adverse experiences, right? Um, and it's a good reminder to say like healing is not just about like overcoming those things, but it's about 
like getting yourself ready to experience things in a way that is healthy. Yes. It's not just about like, oh, I'm going to overcome this thing, but it's also like, I'm going to work on this thing and also prepare myself to be better in relationships, to be uh, able al- to experience things differently. And it's to almost be preparing you for more trauma. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean that in a depressing way, but like um, the universe will continue to dev- devastate us no yep. matter how healthy and whole we are. And mm-hmm. we can just, as you say, sharpen our tools build upon our existing resources, things like that. Yep. I think, too, um, the last thing that trauma bonding makes me think of is how starved we become in unhealthy relationships for any goodness, Mm -hmm. right? And how we mistake, um, quote, unquote, goodness for sustainability and what that goodness looks like. I think about, you know, my most unhealthy relationships when we were, when we were both hurting and we were both stuck in our hurt, I mistook the comfort of that relationship for something healthy in my life. Right. But it was really just the absence of solitary, like of being alone. Well, no, it was like the absence of the scariness. Exactly. Right? Like, and, and that is, you know, like that's what is so difficult about abusive relationships is that it, confuses you into thinking that because that person is not mad at you that like things are really great oh my god you're so right (laughs) Right? when in actuality like people who aren't in abusive relationships like they're oh that person's not mad at me is just like baseline yes off of which other great things are built yes and i think that's that's what i and it's very similar to like the way that i think about like drug addiction too and Mm -hmm. like Uh, The way that I had to think about nicotine addiction when I was quitting smoking is that, like, um, the smoking is causing me to feel this badly, right? right? Like, people who aren't smoking aren't searching for this fix to solve this problem that the smoking has created. Right. And so, like, quit smoking, and then suddenly your baseline is, like, how good you feel when you're smoking cigarettes, right? Right, right, right. And so I think that that is, like, very similar in these types of of relationships, right? Like, I think that cycles of abuse can in many ways be as addicting, like, in a physical, like, mental way. hundred percent. As as other substances are, right? And I think... um, I think that's like hard and I don't want to diminish how difficult it is to like be in an abusive relationship. But um, but it's basically like our brains telling us lies. Right. And our brains tell us lies all the fucking time. They really do. (laughs) They really I I think it's amazing that we think our brains are like a safe, like a a (laughs) safe, reliable place. (laughs) Yeah, they're really not. Uh Well, they can be. It's just a false expectation to think that you can trust everything that your brain throws at you. Oh, no. And I, it's like a mantra for me when I will literally think that's not real. Yes. Like all the time when it's like, oh, that person is such an asshole. And then it was like, that's not real. real. That's not real. Like the way that you're feeling, absolutely, 100% real. Like that reaction, yes. Like don't diminish your feelings and don't diminish your right to feel those feelings. Right. But recognizing like that's not real means that like, you can you can experience that differently if you want to. It is not a fixed reality. It is the way that your brain is processing it. And you can process it in a different way then. Totally. I totally agree. So, yeah, that's a, a quick review of trauma bonding. Fun. Yeah, so fun. <laughs> uh, it reminds me of Stockholm Syndrome. Yes, absolutely. Which, like, there was a—you listened to Criminal Podcast mm-hmm, with mm-hmm, Phoebe Judge. Mm-hmm. Love uh, that name. There was a great one that she did— where she interviewed one of the people in that bank 
in Stockholm mm. where they held those people prisoner for like three weeks. And then all of the people who where the name Stockholm syndrome came mm-hmm. from. Um, and it was so strange. I can't wait to check it out. Yeah. Uh, it's some episode of Criminal, but you can find it wherever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was just really interesting because it was like, yeah, they were all in this. They were like locked in a vault. It was dark. They were like pooping in the corner. Yeah. Like, like they were all experiencing this trauma. And because they were all experiencing it together and the the people who were ho- holding them hostage were like sometimes being yeah, nice the to abuser, them. Yeah. Right. And being like, hey, you, it's so I, confusing. I will let you walk out of the vault as long as you tie this rope around your neck and I can hold the end of it. But they were like. Oh my God, they were so kind when we were all in this horrible situation together. But it's like this horrible situation that, by the way, they caused. (laughs) Yeah, and and I think that's a perfect comparison, too, because in abusive relationships, all of a sudden, that tiny bit of sweetness becomes like so satiating. Like, oh my God, thank God they're nice to me and not cruel today. Thank God they let me leave the vault for five fucking seconds. Right. And forgetting the fact that they put you in the vault in the first place. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> now that we started oh, that this like podcast, a- I know there's like literally no jokes in the beginning of this podcast. Seriously. Um, it's okay. We laugh at our own jokes. It's like the people want us to be funny, Sierra. <laughs> I'm not, though. Um, <laughs> we think that we are for sure. <laughs> Do you want to answer some letters? No. Let's just, let's just skip letters <laughs> completely. Oh, hey, before I forget, yeah. what is the name of the book that helped you quit smoking? Because I've gotten a ton of dms about it it is called alan carr's easy way to quit smoking excellent okay thanks okay our very first letter is from carried away who is writing to us from the city Mm -hmm. you know the one i don't i don't know (laughs) (laughs) hey beautiful people first of all i have to say that you're both such lights in this world and if i could write you a hundred letters a day i totally would Your constant words of affirmation and solid advice have touched me and so many others deeply. Okay, so let's dive into my dumpster fire of a dating life. Throwing it back for a second, I've been in heterosexual relationships for most of my adult life. I went from a six-year relationship from 16 to 22, focusing on being purely single for a couple of months, and then landing in another year-long relationship pretty soon after that. I'm 25 now and have been single for about six months. I figured this would be a good time to explore the dating scene. Little did I know that dating sucks. I honestly don't know how anyone has had as many bad first dates as I have. Like, I wish I could share them all with you, but let's just say one of my recent first dates actually ended up peeing on my front porch. (laughs) Yeah. So that's why we're here today. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I feel like uh, lately I've been experiencing the worst side of the dating game. I've tried hanging out with the younger guys, older guys, friends of friends, coworkers, LOL. And I'm wondering if it's me at this point. I don't feel like I've been sending off the wrong vibe, but it seems like every guy I interact with is not actually pursuing anything serious Uh, is not actually into pursuing anything serious with me. I've spoken about this with my two best friends, and they mentioned to me that sometimes I can be a little sexually aggressive when first starting off with a guy. I'm just a little confused, honestly. I feel like there's such a stigma around women, women being able to sleep with men soon after meeting them. I honestly don't know what the big deal is, but I feel like there have been there's been a lack of respect I've been receiving even before I sleep with someone. I feel like 
when texting or not conversing face-to-face, a lot of guys will gradually turn the conversation into something sexual, even on dating apps. Sex looks great and all, and I truly have enjoyed my time branching out a little bit sexually because I've had the same partner for years. But my question is this. Should I be holding off on sex until I know a guy can actually give me respect? Am I sending off the wrong impression just because I sleep with someone on the second, third, fourth, first time meeting them? Is this just dating and I never knew it? Are there boundaries I can set up um, when beginning to talk to a guy that make it known that it's not all I want? I feel like this is all very basic, but I can't help but wonder if it if it is really that difficult for the guys I interact with to disassociate sex with like everything. <laughs> help! I just want a comfortable relationship filled with consensual, sexy times, but also the knowledge that my partner actually cares about my goals in life and not just my boob size. Sorry for my super salty rambling about men and sex. I attempted to make an outline of this letter before I wrote it, but that turned to shit. So. <laughs> thank you guys for your time and love. All right. Thank you so much, Carried Away. And thank you for your adorable uh, outline, um, whether it worked or not. Our English major hearts very much appreciate that. That's right. Love me an outline. That's right. I love that every paragraph had an introductory <laughs> sentence and a conclusion. Uh. Um, okay. So, yeah, I think we've. We've dealt with a similar question at some point over the last 80 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think we debated whether, A, whether, like, withholding sex is a valid thing. Mm-hmm. And, B, what does that mean in context of sexuality, specifically women's sexualities, as reflected in heterosexual relationships? Um, and how women are penalized constantly— for getting penalized, you know what I mean? <laughs> Is that terrible? There's the jokes. Do you want me to? That's what the people want. Do you want me to go? <laughs> Should I leave now? No, you're no stay. <laughs> stay here all week. I can make dick jokes all day, all day. <laughs> okay. Okay. I love when I become the bro. Of yeah, our no, friendship. it's great. I feel super triggered. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So going to carried away's questions. Mm-hmm. Do you think that she is attracting the wrong person because she's being sexually open? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Uh, because I think being sexually open is a great thing and right. that you should you should be authentic to who you are and, and what you are looking for. And if that means that you want to have sex on the second date because you want to be like, this is great. I like this person. I want to yeah. be intimate with them. Then like, yeah, that's you should be doing that yeah i agree and i think that well i don't i don't i don't um like dislike your friend's comment Mm -hmm. about your sexuality i don't love it (laughs) (laughs) um because i think it's uh i think it puts it on you it continues the stigma of like putting a woman's like blaming a woman for her sexuality you know it's like oh well you're not attracting good guys because you put out and it's Mm -hmm. like well what about the guys? Like, what about their responsibility to be good humans? Right. Um, but I would say that it's you, you, I would posit that you may not be attracting the right guys, not because of your sexuality, but because of 
how you are communicating your boundaries yeah. and your desires. Mm-hmm. I'm going up in my voice because I'm not totally sure if this is I legitimate. Think, but like, yeah, no, it's I think not that, that you want to have sex. It's it might be more that you're not expressing your boundaries firmly enough. I think that that's that is uh, true, and I think that like if you are someone who doesn't want to have sex with someone and then not have a romantic relationship afterwards, right? Yeah. Then you have to be really clear about that. Yeah. And you have to say no when someone says like, I Let just want to get it in. Yeah. Like, I just want to get it in. You have to yeah. be like, okay, get it in. But then like, here are the <laughs> expectations. And I think, um, you know, I think a lot of men are awful. Yeah. And a lot of men are taught by society that like good girls don't put out. Yeah. And like girls that you that you marry don't put out on the right. first date, um, and I'm not saying that that's a good thing. And like fellas listening out there, like you need to deprogram that in your brain because it's on you. And that deprogramming you. takes takes yeah. um, uh, spe- like like energy and action for sure. You know, but but it's important I think to recognize the reality of the society that we live in, right? Which exactly. is that like many men have been taught since they were boys that good girls don't have sex ever. Like right. just ever. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, and so recognizing that, that means that there is unfortunately an onus on you to be really firm about your boundaries and what you are asking for and what you are willing to accept from people. Yeah. And so like, and so I would say like uh, in, as we talk to lots of people, right? Like be upfront with your boundaries, be upfront with what you're looking for and don't settle for less than that. I have two things. Yeah. The first one's a question. The next one's a statement. I just don't want to forget. <laughs> but now that I said that, I'm going to totally forget. Uh, one, so I think what a lot of people struggle with, something that I might struggle with um, in the past, was uh, I'm very similar to Carried Away. I mm-hmm. think that um, physical compatibility is really important to me. Sure. And I, in addition to being fine with casual sex, even though... I prefer a romantic relationship. It's important to me to 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 get to know my new partner that way or whatever. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but is there like a sexy, empowering way to say like, listen, like I'm like down to get it in, <laughs> <laughs> but this is like I think I think what trips people up is the is trying to find the right language around being like i think people hesitate being so too forward Mm -hmm. that's that's what people are scared of right um do you have any suggestions okay so like if someone is texting you and the conversation starts to turn sexual right can you be like yeah that sounds super fun but not until i know such and such about you yeah and then there's gonna be like a bro out there that is like yes but here's yeah, but a picture of my dick then who then you don't want to date that bro no no i know <laughs> but what if it's a really nice dick <laughs> <laughs> well then maybe you reconsider uh but the reality is it's like if people aren't if people aren't willing to meet you where you're at in that then they're not worth your time. Like, then you're just going to find out after you sleep with them yeah. that they're assholes. So, like, better to find out before you sleep with them that they're assholes than, like, do that and then feel feel badly about the fact that you slept with them and they didn't reciprocate. 
I wonder if another piece of language could be introduced a little bit earlier, like before the sexting, which is, uh, what are you interested in? What what brings you to Tinder? Mm-hmm. You know, and I again, I think that the forwardness is going to turn people off, and and you're going to find some like liars or or people who for sure evade the truth, yep. if you want to say that that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to like tell Carrie to way to withhold sex because that feels like it's playing into a little bit. Uh, it's like playing into that narrative that women can't like have sex in the same way that men can. I think, Carrie, I think you can have sex in whatever way that you yeah. want. But if you are interested in sex that comes with a relationship, yeah. then you need to be upfront about the fact that you want sex that comes with a relationship. Yeah. If you want to have sex, have sex. Like, yeah. I don't care. Like, go find assholes to sleep with. Like, good clear, on you. That's, glad- what, that's what I did for most of my 20s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be clear, I'm glad you said all that, but I didn't assume, I, I didn't assume that you felt that way at all but i'm glad you articulated that to carry to carry carry i keep on wanting to call her carry um i'm glad that you articulated that to carry away because i i co-signed that i think that you're right you can have as much sex as you want whenever you want and the second thing i was going to say remembered high five me perfect um is even if you have sex with somebody on the first second third or fourth date and it doesn't turn out that doesn't make you a dirty person no absolutely that not. doesn't make you less dateable it doesn't mean that your body's i don't know fucking tampered or right whatever or like even that you didn't stand up for yourself enough right, right. like you were just seeing where this went yep you were going with the flow you for were sure. following your desires and then that person after that fun time that person can't reciprocate it it doesn't mean it doesn't even i would argue I might be wrong. (laughs) I would argue that it doesn't even mean that they disrespect you. Mm -hmm. It's just like they were going with the flow too, Mm -hmm. um, but they don't want the same things you do. For sure. Um, Don't get me wrong. You can feel disrespected. Yep. um, But I like to try to break down what the other person's thinking into something a little bit more realistic. Like you were saying, like, this isn't real. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. <laughs> um, but the the bigger point that I want to I want you to take away is that, like, even if you have what let's let's call it, quote unquote, unsuccessful romantic sex, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sex that doesn't lead to romance. That For doesn't sure. mean that you are less worthy of romantic relationship. It doesn't mean that you are um, tainted or dirty mm-hmm. Like you're just somebody having a human body like we all do. For sure. With other human bodies. Right. That's right. You tried you tried to work towards a goal that you have and you didn't make it. But like it doesn't it's no worse than any other goal that you might have. Yeah. And I, and I hope, Carrie, that it didn't that, I, <laughs> that I didn't sound oh, or no. that I wasn't trying like I wasn't trying to condemn you for this or say that like the fact that these people are like hitting it and quitting it is your fault. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I love when you say awkward sex things. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because it's not. Yeah. It's absolutely not, and it's not a marker of you as a person or your value or your lovability. Right. I'm just trying to say. I'm just trying to help give you tools that yeah. might help you achieve what you're trying to achieve, which sounds like sex within a relationship, sex that comes with romance and all of the things that you want. And so, yeah. if that's what you want. Be clear about it. Yeah. Um, and if you find if people find that off putting, they find it off putting. Yeah. And like then they're not ready for you anyway. <laughs> yeah. I also want to just big you up for a second and say you are no less desirable if you say no. No, you're absolutely it, like if you state 
Um, I don't want to have sex uh, until I know I'm in a safe, mm -hmm. sustainable relationship. And they're and they're like, okay, but like, let's have a couple drinks, and you're kissing, and all of a sudden, one thing so leads to another. In that moment, I want to empower you to say like, uh, I'm going to stop it here. Um, because I'm super interested in having sex with you one day down the line, but I, I want to take it slow and make sure that this is a safe place that I can invest my energy into. Sure. It's not about purity. It's not about sanctity. It's just about making sure that you, that you're at the place in your dating life that you want to put energy into something that's going to return the energy back to you. Absolutely. And you don't even have to say it like that. You can just be like, no, thanks. Yeah. No, <laughs> thanks. I, I want to get to know you more first. Yeah. Right. Like, totally. Or like, I feel like I, I don't know you well enough. I think like, I really, all of that is like, yeah, it doesn't have to be our typical hippie woo woo shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> Something I struggled with that Carrie might relate to is I felt like I would seem less desirable when I was younger. I felt like I would seem less desirable if I had boundaries around sex in my body. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm speaking very vaguely about this, uh, but I, I was afraid that I would be less desirable and therefore I would let I would even lessen my chances then of like finding somebody who I don't know. Sure. Wanted to get to know me beyond that. Yeah. Um, what would you say to 25 year old Sierra? I would say let's reframe that. <laughs> I'd be like, let's go get a drink, girl. <laughs> yeah, right. We were 25. We would go to the For saloon. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> um, let's reframe that, which is one. It might make you less desirable, but being desirable is not your only purpose in life. Right. And being desirable by people who don't you don't actually like <laughs> is not actually helpful. Right. And second, uh, your goal in life or your purpose in life is not to have a romantic relationship. Your purpose in life is to be happy and to make decisions that that enforce your boundaries and that reinforce your own health. Right. Yes. And so it doesn't matter if you're desired or not, as long as you are happy and healthy yes. and not letting people take advantage of you. And not giving up parts of yourself uh, to people just because you feel like you need their validation in order to to feel self-worth, yep. right? And Carrie, the last thing I'll say before we wrap this up is answering your epic question of am I attracting assholes by being sexually open? <laughs> Girl, we all attract assholes. All the time. All of us attract assholes. Just by like walking down the street, we yeah. attract assholes. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever been a woman in a sundress? Right. It's literally the worst, most objectified I've ever been in my entire life. Have and I look like I fucking live on a prairie and then people are like, woo, cat calling me down the street. Legit. Just yeah. walk into a gay bar yeah. and you're suddenly yeah, 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 like, yeah. oh, hello, objectification. Yeah. And, and I say this to be like, just to like maybe um, redirect your friend's comment, you know, and redirect your inner anxieties. Like it's not you no. and your, it's not your actions that are attracting these people. There are just so many people in the world and 99.9% .9 of them aren't for us. Right. So yeah. And good luck. Mm -hmm. Dating's a shit show. Absolutely. But it, we believe in you and we're so grateful that you wrote. That's Thanks right. so much. Keep being you. We love you. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says Quince. 
You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right. Our next letter comes from Confused AF, who is writing from Codependency Hell. Have you noticed that we haven't been we have we don't have a lot of voids the void? No, they either sharing where they are or they're giving us a funny little answer, which I love. <laughs> but for people who are um, new to listening, when when folks don't want to share their location, um, Sam and I just say they're writing from the void. But we haven't had those in like in the past like time. six episodes. Yeah. Okay. People Continue. are onto us. <laughs> the void's not a real place. <laughs> Ooh. Hey, Sam. Hey, Sierra. I found this podcast at the moment I realized my nine-year relationship was going downhill, and it's helped me so much through this. Knowing others have been in a similar situation helps me feel less of a big, fat idiot. So thank you. 
Y'all's voices are now part of my everyday morning coffee routine. So here's the tea. Three years ago, I was accepted into the college of my dreams. When I decided to take the plunge and transplant my life into the Bay Area, my high school sweetheart, who I have been close to since 16, decided to come with me. At the time, I was scared to move to a new place alone and money was tight. So the idea of moving in together had both been exciting and practical. But boys, girls, and gender nonconforming folks... Let me tell you, bad move. My BF or XBF, honestly, I'm not sure if we will even get to that. Let's call him Homeboy. Is Homeboy! Not, right, is not goal-minded in the way that I am. He's lived a tragic life and, after the loss of a parent, dropped out of high school to support his alcoholic man-child of a father. As a result... A constant theme in our relationship has been me trying to get him to think about his future, a.k.a. our future, or so I thought. This translated into me making his resume for him, applying to jobs for him, constantly having to tell him how to be a grown-up. Essentially, he used his difficult past and and depression to justify using me as a financial backboard. At the time, I saw this as temporary and simply accepted numerous times he shorted me on rent or let me pay for trips, food, gas, etc. He would say things like, it must be nice having a family who can support you when you need it. As a result, I internalized some guilt that our life lottery was so drastically different. In retrospect, I now realize I missed out on so much to support this man. I worked three separate part-time jobs while going to school full-time, which left no time for a social life or opportunity to engage in clubs or other forms of campus life. I spent most of my free time with him and avoided going to parties and and things because he never wanted to go. And if if I went on my own, it usually resulted in him questioning about if guys hit on me and whatnot. After a year of this, Homeboy finally got a good job. As he built his own social life and started going out with his people, I began to do the same thing, and things started looking up. But unfortunately, this golden age was short-lived, and things got really bad. Despite his high-paying job, he began shorting me on rent again, and I noticed things started to go missing around the house, like the checks, uh, camera equipment, and any loose cash I had. Mm. I was a, It was senior year, and I was overwhelmed with studies, so even though I knew something was not right, I kind of just did my best to keep calm and finish school strong in school. Long story short, Homeboy had developed a coke addiction and was gaslighting me hard. It got to the point where he would not come home and would tell me that he was in the hospital when really he was just out getting high. He even helped me look for lost wallets and cash that I later found hidden in his possession all along. He told me he was shorting me on rent because his dad informed him he was terminally ill and he had to send him money, which was a complete and total lie. I called his father to see what was going on, and that's when all of the loose threads unraveled. Suddenly, I was forced to realize the man I trusted and sacrificed for years was looking me dead in the eye and lying through his teeth and stealing from me. I confronted him and broke up with him, but even after I moved out, I still couldn't stop seeing him. I still had the impulse to help him. I told myself these lies were not really him, that drugs were in a low place and he would someday come out of this. He has since gotten clean and we are talking. And when he and we had some really amazing times that reminded me of the last five years or the last nine years were not all in vain. And that when we are good, we are actually really great. Since (laughs) graduating. Since graduating, I moved back home and we are now living five hours apart, but I miss him dearly despite everything. We still call each other and check in as if we are still together, which brings me comfort in lonely times, but deep down, I feel I'm making a mistake. 
I can't move forward with any new romantic interest because they see homeboy commenting on my social media and posting pictures of us. I have denied a number of really great guys because I'm still hung up on homeboy despite despite all of the betrayal. I don't know what to do. Till this day, I'm still discovering proof of his lies. Just this morning, it came to my attention that one of the paychecks sent to our old address was deposited by a sketchy check cashing place. I confronted him about it and he had the nerve to deny it, but I have no doubt in my mind that it was him. Mm. The action happened months ago, but the fact that he continues to lie makes me feel like his quote changed man behavior is all a facade these truths keep coming to light as a salt in my room in a deep wound and i can't shake the feeling that he has literally no one stable in his life and i get fulfillment being him there for him i also don't want to lose my adventure buddy we love to hike go on road trips eat street food and find weird creepy abandoned places to photograph None of my girlfriends are interested in this, in doing these sorts of things with me. So losing him is losing that part of myself. Yes, I know I should be a strong, independent lady and do these hobbies alone. But to be honest, I'm not really sure hiking Yosemite or poking around abandoned buildings in the middle of the desert alone is safe. You know what I mean? What do I do? We live five hours apart now. Do I completely cut him off and start seeing other people? Or do I continue this weird relationship purgatory? Side note, my friends and family hate him, so I have to basically not talk about him because all they want is for me to join the single club and hook up with randos. After being intimate with only one person in my entire life, I'm just not ready for that. And if I do move forward, how do I even function? I am almost 25 and virgin to the norms of the dating world. Please help. Sorry for the long scatterbrained letter. Love you guys. All the best from one very confused and emotionally tortured lady. All right, confused. I can understand (laughs) why you're confused. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Do you know what it made me think about? Mm -hmm. Sam, my best friend, Sam. What? A year and a half ago, in one of our first episodes, I made, um, I I told this story about the ultimate lie that my ex ever told me. Hmm. That was just so fucking mortifyingly embarrassing because he told it to me. I found out it was a lie, and then I ended up like getting back together with him. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. But I texted Spencer and I asked him to take it out because it just like felt a little. Well, the wounds were fresh. The wounds were fresh. (laughs) And so I asked him to take it out. But I'm ready to tell my story now. (laughs) Love it. Please tell. I'm going to just tell the story because um, I just want everybody out there who have been bamboozled by their partners um, that... To remember that, like, this shit fucking happens. Like, it's hard to be a human. It's hard to be a human with, like, unhealed wounds. And we end up taking it out on other people, yada, yada. This is all to say um, somebody I once loved told me that they they thought they had lung cancer Mm -hmm. and that they were going to, like, an oncologist and they were doing all these tests and they were taking, like, lung scrapings. (laughs) And this happened at a time in our relationship in which I was like... I got to go, man. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the cancer thing came up and I was like, oh, w- oh, no, you know, like I'll be there for you. We'll have little babies and we'll go travel the country or whatever you do to romanticize whatever shit is <laughs> shit storm is hitting your life. Uh-huh. Turns out all of that was a lie. He yeah. never had cancer. He never went to the oncologist. He was never even test- tested for it. He was a heavy smoker and he had laryngitis. <laughs> oh, very different. <laughs> And the, that's not even the shitty part. The shitty part is like years later, we started dating again, even though I was like, you lied to my face about having cancer. Well, and then you like the well of my trust is bottomless. 
Um, anyway, I say that all to just make you feel a little bit less alone, confused AF. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's break down this letter. I have like seven notes, but they're all in different directions. Great. So I'm just going to hit them and you can, we can see where it takes us. I love it. So we haven't talked about this a lot on the podcast, but something your letter made me think of is um, like inner child work. Mm-hmm. Do you have any experience with that, Sam, in your personal life or? As in like you have to learn how to parent yourself? Yeah. And and um, that we all kind of have and I'll be like ineloquent describing this, but um, like that. We have wounds um, that the little child in us carry around from mm-hmm. our childhood, like that our parents didn't love us enough or they were very strict or that we were poor or whatever. Yep. And that we carry those wounds into adulthood. And you're right that at one point we have to parent ourselves and heal those wounds that the inner child carries around. I'm mm-hmm. being not very technical about this. <laughs> and it's a broad spectrum of chi- inner child work. But I immediately thought about that with Homeboy. Mm-hmm. And his comment about making money, yeah. Instead of um, having um, peace and healing within himself, and enough of that to be able to support and celebrate your success, confused, mm-hmm. he then his his inner child wound lashed out and said, "It must be nice to have money." For sure, you know, like I'm hurting. I remember what it's like to be poor, and I'm not saying that 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 wound. That wound is not his fault. Mm-hmm. It's not our fault what happens to us, the traumas that happen to us when we are younger, but it is our responsibility to heal from it. For sure. Especially if you want to have a, a mutually beneficial, sustainable, healthy relationship, then we, we can't let those childhood wounds lash out at our partners. Um, yeah. Just sort of like, again, kind of kind of evoking the trauma bonding, like in that Homeboy is responsible for his own healing. Yes, you are not responsible for it, Confused. Right. And I think if Homeboy had written this letter, I would talk to him about that. Yes, me too. (laughs) But I'm also like, I'm not super, honestly, I'm not super interested in what Homeboy did or why he did it. Right. Like, I am in him as a person. But in terms of, like, what I want to talk to you about, Confused, is, like, none of that stuff really matters. What matters is how you are healing yourself, how you are moving forward in this relationship, right? He was an asshole. He has a lot of reasons why he might have been an asshole, but like that stuff isn't really important, right? Right. The stuff is, is like, how do you find happiness and health right now, given the (laughs) shithole that you are in? Right, right. Um, Something else I wrote down is something we've been saying a lot lately is that you enforce your boundaries. Yep. Not other people. Mm-hmm. Homeboy is going to continue to walk on you yep. as long as you lay yourself out like a doormat. For sure. <laughs> not that you're a doormat, you know, and this is not your fault. But at one point or another, your healing becomes your responsibility. Mm-hmm. And part of your healing has to be to somehow stop caretaking for him. That's right. Because that's what's happening. And I also want to I want to remind you that taking care of him all of this time, that does not necessarily equate intimacy. Just because we know each other's shit doesn't mean we should, that's a safe place for us to grow. Right, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, trauma bonding, right? Yes, I know. I can't believe, I didn't choose the check-in topic with the letters in mind, but it's applying. Um, the other thing I want to like jokingly point out is 
your comment about wanting to move forward and have hobbies and do your hobbies by yourself and have independence and stuff. And you talk about going hiking by yourself as being like an unsafe experience. Totally valid. Mm-hmm. Feel that as a woman. Um, however, it's funny that you use the word safe because I just want to point out like how unsafe <laughs> of a person homeboy is. Right. Like he's an act like if we were to caricaturize him, he's an actual robber. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I was you are vampire. Being, <laughs> <laughs> like an energy succubus. Yeah. You know, old school cops and robbers, mm-hmm. like breaking in your house and stealing your shit. Like yep. that's he is stranger danger. <laughs> <laughs> Except for like not I a know. person you know danger. Yeah, yeah. Person you know danger. <laughs> that's funny. How what is that acronym? P Y P Y K Danger. Pick danger. Pick, pick danger. Pick danger. <laughs> All right. There we go. That took too long to come to that. Yep, and it wasn't that no, good. <laughs> unnecessary. Um, this person is an unsafe place for you, and he and he's an unsustainable place for you. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know, I know that as you're listening to this, there's a part of you, the part of you that has sustained this relationship this whole time yep. that says, but 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 he's special to me. Mm-hmm. But Sam and I both know that it's possible to miss and love somebody who is not good for us. For sure. You have you have to make space for both of those things at the same time. Yep. Yeah. And I want to say also on that vein about sort of the hobbies that you that you have, um, it there it's not a dichotomy between I stay with this man and get to do my hobbies or I leave this man and I don't get to do my hobbies and anymore. And I'm alone forever. <laughs> right. Right. Like, I think um, sometimes when we're in relationships where there is a lot of toxicity, that's what our brains start to tell us is that is real is like, oh, if I leave this person, then I will lose a part of myself. This person has become so entwined with who I am and what I love about this world that I will be incomplete when I leave. Um, And the reality is, is that, of course, that's not true. right? Right. You are still a happy, healthy and whole person who can still find ways to do the things that she loves to do in a way that feels safe, but without this person in her life, right? right? You will find someone who will share those hobbies with you, either a friend, a family member, a significant other, or you can go hike Yosemite with a group of people, right? Like sign up for like an excursion mm-hmm. with people. Like there, there are so many more options than I either get to do this with this person or I don't get to do these things at all. I have a question. Something just popped into my mind. Like, I think as humans, we want there to be an equation for when we kick somebody out of our life. Yeah, we want there to be like a hard and fast line. And we want to say like, you know, it's like the good place TV show that we want like a point system, you know, that like if you get so many plus points, but so many negative points, you can stay in my life. Mm -hmm. And like, how, how do we navigate? Like what, what tools can we give? Um, confused for her to like do that math in her head. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that he's crossed the line already. <laughs> like, well, stealing from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Repeatedly lying. Re- like lying about being in the hospital when he's actually like out Doing with drugs. Friends, right. Like, yeah. Uh, those are all things. Again, which we can like understand why those things are happening. Right. But also our inexcusable behavior. Right. Right. And I think that's where we get into trouble is when we try and like 
understand and justify people's actions and then use those as an excuse, yes. right? Like a behavior can be understood, but also unacceptable, yes. right? And I think, and that is where the boundaries come in. That is where establishing those things. So like, I would say <laughs> having someone steal my camera equipment mm-hmm. is unacceptable. Yeah, They might need it because they need to buy drugs with it like because, they're ma- because they are addicted to them because of childhood trauma like all of those things are total like I can understand that but the behavior itself is unacceptable and right. I can't continue to be to allow that to happen to me right. right I cannot allow this behavior to continue happening to me yeah at one point in the letter confused you write um you know, like, is his changed man thing a whole, is that whole thing a facade? Mm-hmm. And I want to say, like, it's not a facade. Like, he's just on his journey or whatever. Right. But it's his change isn't a facade. It's not a matter of what he, his change or not. It's mm-hmm. a matter of what you are choosing to see or choosing to make space for. Mm-hmm. It's not about his, his change. Right. right. Because even if he turned around and became 100% um, the person you want to be, you still haven't made space for all of the times that he overstepped your boundaries, yep. uh, uh, mistreated you, disrespected your belongings, your lifestyle, everything. Like, if we're talking about that point system, girl, <laughs> he's, like, he's in, in the, the negative. negative. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and I want to speak really quickly about... Um, the the actual physical feeling of the pe- of holding... What does it feel like to hold someone who hurt you in your heart? Mm-hmm. And I made jokes about the cancer boy <laughs> earlier, but I had really, really conflicting feelings about him. And and I would say that they were mostly love mm-hmm. and anger and frustration and sadness and love and love and love. Yep. And I really didn't know at that time in my life, particularly... I didn't know how to carry those conflicting emotions at the same time. I didn't know how to do the head and heart work that you and I talk about now, which is just acknowledging them both Mm -hmm. and making space for them both and acknowledging that they can both be true at the same time. Right. That what I would say to you, Confuse, is that you, one, have to recognize that all of your experiences with Homeboy are real and valid. Number one, every single one of them. It doesn't matter if he's an addict. It doesn't matter if he's hurting. It doesn't even matter if you love him, all the good times you've had with him. All of these things are true. He's stolen from you. He's disrespected you. He's been an unsafe person to you. Mm -hmm. He's also been a good time. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you have sentiments about him. You have history with him. All of these things are true. That, that, that needs to happen. Hold space for all of it. See it all. Mm-hmm. Let it be seen, right? For sure. And the second thing you need to do is value yourself as much or more than this person. Mm. Because right now, to me, it's very obvious, even with the space that you've taken, you're still letting him, letting his comfort, his journey, his healing, it has more weight than your own. Right. And that doesn't mean you don't love yourself. It doesn't mean that he's a huge asshole. It, none of this makes any of us a bad person. It's just we've been really, con- many of us have been conditioned since childhood to endure, to endure, to endure, because that's what we were taught love looks like. For sure. Yes. And I think, you know, what you said in your letter is like, you're his only person, you're his only point of support, right? Um, and that might be true, 
but for how long, right? Like how long can this keep going on where you are the only person keeping this this man from the things that he hasn't been able to to process through, right? right? You can't, it's not sustainable. You cannot do it. You are one person and this, and you cannot hold up this person who can't hold up themselves, right? And so it's like we talk about all the time, like what boundaries do I need to have in place to give generously? By establishing boundaries with this person, then you can make much healthier decisions about how you can engage and help them. Because right now you are helping them in a very unhealthy way. Yes. Where you are allowing them to ignore the issues that they need to deal with, the the things that are 100% legitimate and that are that are 100% not their fault, right? All of those hurts and those traumas that they have had as a child that they haven't been able to process through, but you are allowing them to not deal with it right. by holding them up in this way right? and by establishing boundaries and saying, you can't take advantage of me anymore. I refuse to let you do that. I will help you get to a place where you get the help that you need, but that is it. Yes. That is how you actually lead them towards health. Yes. For them and also for yourself. Correct. Right? Yeah. And it's... And I know that it's really hard to be in that situation. And I have been in that situation before where I have felt like the only person that that person can come to. And the reality is, is it's scary to be in that position. It's really hard. It's hard to say it's no. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. But at the end of the day, you being that only person's support isn't helping them and it's not helping you. Yes. Because you are not equipped to be able to do it as right. sad and horrible as that is, you are not equipped to be able to do it. And at some point, it's not going to work anymore. Right. Um, I'm glad that you went into the direction of what sustainable, healthy boundaries looks like, because I want to leave Confuse um, with a couple takeaways. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and I think that their situation is very unique because they're not together, but they are also still entwined. They don't yep. live in the same city, but they're still very involved. And Confused is obviously very confused <laughs> right? about all of this and is having a hard time moving forward with new relationships, things sure. like that. Yep. So what are some steps that they can take um, to enforce a healthier, safer boundary for them? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think... There's multiple ways that you could do it, right? Um, but the way that I would do it would be to um, say to homeboy, either maybe in an email or a text message or calling them on the phone if you're comfortable with that, um, you know, here is here is how I'm feeling about this relationship. I am not comfortable with the way things have been going and currently are going um, and I cannot, I can no longer be the person that you rely on for right. what you need, right? Here are some resources, maybe, and saying like, here are some, you can call this hotline. You, uh, I w want you to be happy. I want you to be healthy, but I can't be the one to get you there. Yeah, and you can even say, if it's important to you, you can say, I really value our relationship. Mm -hmm. I, I'm nostalgic about our time together and it hurts me that we cannot be what we need from each other. Mm -hmm. But I need to move forward yep. because I can't stay the same. I can't stay in this space. For sure. And I do and I deserve it and you deserve it. Yep. Um and then if it were me, I would do the send and block. <laughs> <laughs> Which is to say the send, classic send and block. Right, okay. Send that out. Um because I think it's really important in this instance that you are not looking for a response, right? 
the boundary needs to be that you are going yeah. to. It's not a conversation. It's not a conversation. It is you. Ex- you are stating where you are at, and you. It's not up for discussion anymore. Right. Right. And so that's why I think that the send and block is helpful because it 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 frees you from. Right. The wondering. And let me let me just really quickly big you up and say it's not a conversation because it's been a, a conversation so in which he talk. takes and takes and takes and takes for literally years. <laughs> right. Nine he years. He has apparently. been in charge. Right? right. For years, it has been you guys going back and forth about what this looks like. It's time for you to take up space. It's time for you to ask for what you no, not ask. Take what you need. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And then. I know that you are sort of scared about Mm -hmm. what comes next and what it looks like to be single and what it looks like to start dating. Um, And I, Sierra and I get that, right? Sierra and I have both come out of relationships before and been like, oh, what is the world like out here? I literally, two summers ago, I was like, I don't want to do this again. (laughs) I don't want to fucking start from ground zero again that's, right. that's that's what it is we stay in these relationships so we don't have to go through the shithole sure. that our first letter writer was going through yep um but i also want to say to you that it's not a choice between dating this man and being single and hooking up with randos right it there are a multitude of different options out there for right. you and it can feel like it's either this or that All or nothing yeah. but the reality is is that um you can go on online dates and never sleep with another person for the rest of your life if right. you don't want to, right? Like the choice is yours. You have autonomy. You have the ability to act in the way that you want to act, right? So I would encourage you not to think of it as stay with this guy or have a string of one night stands right. and instead say it's either stay with this guy and be completely unhappy and unhealthy or Figure out a way to find my own happiness and my own peace through whatever that looks like for me. Right. I totally agree. Thank you so much for writing Confused AF. We hope you're a little less so. (laughs) Thank you for writing. We We love love you. you. All right. Our final letter is from Anonymous Anonymous, who is writing to us from Ontario, Canada. Hi, Just Break Up. I discovered your podcast and, and am so grateful to have found a pod that is raw, vulnerable, and real. I love podcasts and have been on the hunt for one that makes me feel less alone in my current situation. So thank you for holding that space for me. Aww. I am 27 and I just started the third year of a relationship that is, on the surface, as close as you can get to textbook perfect as if that actually exists. (laughs) My boyfriend is incredibly kind and patient and we share many important interests. We have great, a group of friends, both individually and shared. He's a beautiful, he has a beautiful family um, who I adore. My family adores him and we rarely argue. Prior to dating, we had been very close friends and even lived together as friends throughout university where we met. We currently live together with my dog, who has become our dog, and are generally very happy. I love that letters start out this way. (laughs) Right. And then it's like, like, and then the world burned. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The world burned. So what's the problem, you may ask? Well, before dating my current boyfriend, I was in a six-year-long relationship that started out at the very young age of 18. In comparison, this relationship was very much not textbook perfect. We argued, he had a temper, his family was incredibly unstable, and he didn't have much of a relationship with my family. Despite all of this, the relationship was also beautifully therapeutic. He helped me navigate the separation of my parents. I helped him grow through trauma he had experienced as a young teenager, and we were completely inseparable. Whereas my current relationship, I have a 
I have with my boyfriend, my past relationship felt more like an extension of my soul and so much more than boyfriend and girlfriend status. Mm. Throughout the last year of our relationship, I became very withdrawn and got tired of dealing with his temper. During this time, I reconnected with my current boyfriend, discovered discovering that perhaps I saw him as more than just a friend and that he would provide me with all the things my ex couldn't. I could not physically cheat on my ex, although my current boyfriend and I did start talking a lot more than normal before I ended the relationship. We started dating just six months after this six-year relationship, and we both hold a lot of guilt around that timeline. Throughout these three years, I have done a lot of personal growth and have really deepened my spirituality. I recognize that the temper my ex carries is a direct reflection of the trauma he has experienced throughout his life, and I often wish I was much more patient with him and wonder if we could have made it if I had communicated what I was feeling more. I feel incredibly silly to be in such a healthy relationship while simultaneously missing my ex so painfully and deeply. I dream about him almost every night, and I I still feel a giant piece of myself is missing. With the support of my current boyfriend, I have tried to reach out to him a few times to see if a conversation would help us both heal from the loss of each other. I've heard through mutual friends that he is still hurting very much and that he has not agreed to see me so far. Currently, I hang on to massive amounts of guilt around how soon I moved on to a new relationship after being with someone I care about so much for so long. I also carry an immense amount of guilt for thinking about my ex so much and desiring his presence in my life. I take full responsibility for the fact that I that the breakup with my ex was far from graceful, and I understand that he does not want to see me, but I'm having a very hard time moving forward. I love both of these men in very different ways, and I'm feeling very stuck. Is it possible to get over someone while trying to maintain a healthy relationship with someone else? Is it completely ridiculous and unfair to expect my ex to ever want to speak to me again? How do you know if you made the right decision? I can see a very happy future with my current boyfriend, but the relationship just simply doesn't feed my spirit the same way, the same wild and beautiful way that my relationship with my ex did, no matter how, quote, unhealthy it may have seemed. Thank you for your time. This is such an incredible service to aid others in navigating such a fickle part of life. Signed, a very confused gal. Mm. Thank you so much for writing anonymous. Maybe it's because like I'm hungry and tired, but the last letters so often make me emotional. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I also I think I am uh, I'm part like uh, regret and confusion. And like looking back, mm-hmm. I'm a very nostalgic person, even when I don't want to be. Yeah. And I can be nostalgic for people who hurt me or times in my life that I was unhealthy or hurting. For sure. Um, and I and it's it's that is hard for me. I, I you and I have talked about things like um, that. I just have harder times closing doors. Mm-hmm. And I so I relate to this letter writer a lot. Um while your your story anonymous is much very different like the tone of it makes me emotional because um so much of getting over <laughs> that feeling of i'll just call it nostalgia even though it's so much more complicated than that mm-hmm. um getting over nostalgia and the feeling of regret and and remorse and and confusion so much of it is just time and i can't like speed up time 
<laughs> I can't like speed up healing mm-hmm. often, you know. Um, but also anonymous. There's there's something about that nostalgia, like heartstring puller, um, that you and I both have to hold ourselves accountable to. Mm-hmm. Um, that then we often confuse the emotions that we're experiencing when we're looking back in the past um, because a desire to do things differently doesn't equate uh, that they should, that you should return to fix it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you can always, we can carry regret or remorse about choices that we make in our lives, but the reality is we we cannot undo the choices we made. Mm -hmm. You two, let me just say this. Anonymous, you and your ex were doing the best that you could. There was no better. You could not do better for each other, mm-hmm. right? And even if you were to return now to try to fix it, the, you cannot. There is no door that you can walk through, choice that you can make to, to redo any of that. Yep. And even if you had like a conversation of closure or anything, I'm afraid that returning to that relationship instead of looking forward and Instead of looking forward and trying to um, go to therapy to process some of this or 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 being present in your current relationship, um, looking backwards is, is is not going to feed any healing internally. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly it. Right. You when you decided to break up with this man, you made the best decision for you at that time. Right. Right. Because that's that is the only thing that you would be capable of doing is making the best decision for right. you. Um, and so I think sometimes in those times of nostalgia, it's, it is good to remind yourself of why you made those decisions. Right. Um, and I want to, I want to let you off the hook for feeling guilty about not being patient enough. Mm-hmm. I think seven years with a person, um, where you've experienced significant ups and downs, um, and then who is exhibiting a lot of anger, um, the fact that you weren't willing to to put up with that isn't about your patience. I think it's about your the the things that you had already endured, right? Absolutely. Like your capacity to be able to be in a relationship that has such high ups and downs and then also on top of that having to deal with someone who is being disrespectful of you. Right. Right? You cannot be a saint. You can't be perfect. You can't be the perfect patient one all of the time. You're allowed to take up space. You're allowed to say, I don't care if your anger feels justified for you. It's right. playing you out badly me for me. Right. You you cannot love someone into their own healing. Exactly. And I think um I think it's important to remember that and also to to give yourself credit for seeing that things were unhappy for you, that things felt unhealthy and for making a decision uh, that that you thought. And I still think this is true. That was the best and healthiest decision for I you. I agree. I also want to let you off the hook for getting into your relationship six months later. Yeah. I, I We are not um, robots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are not... Um, we are not perfect and clean and um, well timed. That is not that's that's something I would never define humans as. Mm-hmm. Like timing, always perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just like a lie to expect that the that the world, the universe, people are going to um, have perfect timing. For sure, we get so many letters about good person, bad timing, or or whatever. Yep. And this person came into your life and. 
I want to say this, Anonymous. It's okay if this person came into your life and you saw them as a way out. Yes. Right? It's like we often think of that as as an unhealthy thinking, but sometimes we just need to know that there are other options out there. And it obviously is a successful relationship. If you've been if you've been together this long, like there are real sustainable things that are keeping you together, um, the least of which is your love. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you were meant to to meet this person and be with them. Um, and the fact that you were with your ex at the time uh, when you started thinking about being with your boyfriend now mm-hmm. doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you human. No. Absolutely. That's what humans do. And and honestly, I, I have been guilty of the same thing um, and not guilty because it's not wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I have experienced the same thing where I I denied myself the opportunity to voice things that things were wrong until I, I saw something that was right. Yeah, for sure. I also want to say to you, um, it's also okay to look at your current relationship and say it's not working anymore. Yep, I totally to agree. say that you are unhappy um, because you got into that relationship and you made the exact right decision for you at that moment. And now you are at a different moment and you can make a different decision about what's right for you. Right. Right. And, and it's, and it's, it's kind of like what you were saying before. It's not an option between these two men. Right. Exactly. And it's not getting into this relationship and realizing that it's not the right decision for you doesn't diminish the decision that you made before, right? It doesn't mean that you betrayed your yes. first boyfriend uh, by going after this person who wasn't meant for you, yes. right? You made the right decision to get out of that relationship. You made the right decision to get into this one, and you can now make the right decision about whether or not you want to stay in it. And all three of those decisions are separate. I totally All agree. three of those decisions were of the moment, the person who you were in that moment making that decision. Uh, and so I... I think that relationship that you're currently in right now is probably great and healthy and right. loving. And even though it's a slow burn, like we talked about in the beginning of the episode, like, <laughs> yeah, we got to return to, to <laughs> that trauma, trauma bonding. bonding when you're done with this statement. Yeah. That slow burn can be a good thing. It can also not be fulfilling enough. Right. Maybe and it's not enough. That's totally fine. But you get to make the decision about this relationship, irrespective of the yeah. past that you and have had. Just because they started kind of what we could argue connected to each other doesn't yep. mean your two relationships are connected. Just Mm-mm. wanted to hit that one home. Nope. But my darling anonymous, I think it is Sam and I would be remiss if we didn't talk about trauma bonding and the way you talk about how this ex is deeply connected to your soul mm-hmm. um, and the highs and lows and all that. Um, I think that that you would, you could really benefit from looking more into trauma bonding and potentially seeing a mental health professional, a counselor, or therapist to talk about what what that very pivotal time of your life was like mm-hmm. being spent dedicating all of your time to somebody who was traumatized. Yep. Um, and also having that person to some extent be a balm for your own trauma. Exactly. Too, right. Like that's what's so I think intense about it is that like you are both it's like a yep. reinforcement right of that you are solving their trauma they're solving yours and so now we are <laughs> forever yes. interconnected. Yes absolutely. It's like it's in our D- it's in our DNA now mm-hmm. you know. Right. Um, and I want to say too like Sam and I always joke that we are like unqualified, <laughs> you know, that's the the beginning of our episode, every episode. Um, but we also often say, and we said it in the last letter, Sam said, we, you are not equipped 
to be what he needs, right? Mm-hmm. Or Sam and I will say, we are not um, we are not a mental health professional. Yep. We are not, um, we don't have qualifications to be the lifeboat to get you out of X, Y, and Z, sure. right? And that is, and, and we say it, we say that for situations like your relationship with your ex, mm-hmm. you helping him through his, childhood trauma and him helping you through your parents divorce that is on the surface good right like we we all people need other people yep. we need support systems that's why we love community like we we need to lean on each other there that in itself is a positive thing mm-hmm. but when that is our only source of coping and our only source of healing, it becomes very apparent that we are inequipped, we are ill-equipped to help each other to the full extent of some people's trauma. For sure. Um, And unfortunately, again, we're not looking back because we can't change anything, but what what would have been, you can recognize right now, you can take, you can take comfort in knowing what would have been a more sustainable choice is that if you two went to therapy, right? Mm -hmm. Different therapists. And like, then you could walk along that journey of healing beside each other, but on your own paths. But you, but because that was your first relationship um, and we learn how to love people by loving people, you got so intertwined that you feel as though your love is insufficient if it doesn't include those highs and lows and that intensity. And that is a lie that your trauma is telling you. Right. Um, I also just want you to give yourself some grace and recognize that like our brains are still developing at 18. Right. And also, I, I mean, this might seem a little elementary, but like our first relationships are, pretty intense because they're our first, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's a long relationship to have, you know, as your first major relationship. And it sounds like a pretty intense one. So of course it's going to feel like it's part of your DNA, but you're going to healing from trauma, healing from lowercase T trauma, Mm -hmm. healing from life, the things, you know, life throws at us and learning how to be ourselves and be ourselves in relationships. It just, it it unfolds over time and you're going to you're going to have revelations about this first relationship in your 30s like i still look back on different times of my life and 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 develop more clarity and more understanding about myself and and the people in my life mm-hmm. um every day every day of my life i do that for sure i agree with all of that and i also um in question to your or an answer to your question about whether or not it's okay to be um, working through a past relationship while you're currently in one. Um, I will, I have been in the very similar situation, right? And it wasn't until I was actually dating uh, Peter for a long time before my therapist and I really got into the way in which my awful ex had impacted me. Right. And part of it was because those Things that I had learned from that bad relationship were coming up in my relationship with Peter in a really unhealthy way. Totally. Um, and so being able to talk with my therapist and actually like tell the whole story of what happened and have her like identify things with me that being like, do you think maybe this is what what is coming out here um, was actually really helpful. And I think um, sometimes we don't know how 
much relationships have hurt us until we are in relationships that are healthy. Oh my God. And we don't know how to deal with them. I could not agree more. (laughs) And so I think. I think it's actually great to be in a healthy relationship and then take the time to say, I know that I want to show up differently in this one. Right. And that means that I have to go through some of the things and understand them and process through them. Some of the things that have impacted me and are not allowing me to show up as fully as I want to in this relationship. Oh, my God, Sam, I'm sorry. What you just articulated to me made me realize like we're we're asking anonymous to process the trauma of her relationship mm-hmm. and she's asking us if it's okay that she can go and process that trauma with the person she experienced it with mm. you're asking anonymous if you can go back to fix it you cannot go back to the problem nope. to solve it with the problem right um and we can have another conversation even in this episode about whether or not you should continue to try to contact your your ex, but I want to point out that you're doing exactly what the trauma trained you to do, mm-hmm. which is to return to it, yep. to define your life by that trauma. And go to the only person, the quote unquote, quote unquote only, the only person yes, exactly. that can fix it, and which is not lie. true. It's not, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just think that because we are asking you to return in a way, yes. to just Yep. To process and he- fully heal and give yourself space to have, you know, professional resources and and whatnot to to add to your toolbox. Yep. Right. But we are not asking you. We're not telling you to return to the source of the trauma. Right. So often in intimate relationships or just in humanness, when something hurts, we want to go to the thing that hurt it, mm-hmm. hurt us. Um, but but that is an unsafe space for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do uh, let's let's end on um, whether or not she should continue to try to contact him. I mean, I think we just kind of hit the nail on the head right there. For sure, um, and you know, I think we've talked about this before, but it depends on what what the contact is for, right? right? I think sitting down and having a conversation with this person is maybe not the best thing, right? But are there things that you need to say to this person that will offer you closure that you give yourself that is not closure from this person? Right. In which case, send a letter. I would suggest or, writing a letter out and yep. maybe never sending and it. And then, yeah, just deciding if you want to send it or yeah. not. And But but I, to me, I think Sam would agree with me, um, that letter has to be written without asking for a response. Absolutely. And actually, like, explicitly saying, please do not respond. For sure. And for me, one of the, the, one of the most helpful things for me was writing out that the entire relationship with him— in this therapy session, I mean, I didn't do it in the therapy right. session, but I wrote the whole thing out and it was so helpful for me to see it from start to finish and not to see individual moments that were confusing in the way that they made me feel, but to be able to say like, all of this happened, um, all of it impacted me in different ways. Right. And now that I can see the totality of it, I can understand that it wasn't good. It wasn't healthy. It's impacting me in this these different ways, but that I don't want to go back to it and I don't need anything else from it. Right. Here it is written out, start, finish, and now it's done. It's a story that is part of me, but I don't need to go back and rehash it anymore. Beautiful. I love that, Sam. Anonymous, thank you so much for writing and sharing this conundrum with us. We obviously um, feel for you and hope that you empower yourself to um, seek the healing that you truly deserve. Absolutely. We love you. Thank you so much for writing. 
All right. That brings us to the blind date segment of our show. Every episode, we will shout out something we want to send you home with. This week, we want to set you up with... An Instagram account that Sierra referenced in the beginning of this episode. (laughs) Uh, It's called The Holistic uh, Psychologist, the dot holistic dot psychologist. Um, And I actually, I stumbled upon her, I don't know, like a month ago. She kind of blew up over the past. I've been following her for like six months, but then she got this big bump. I don't know what it was, but suddenly it was like in my feed um, and love it. I mean, I love her too. I I'm sometimes a little bit um, reticent to endorse sort of like pithy, mm-hmm. like sayings on Ooh, Instagram. Like yeah. you are, you are the person. Like cool. you are the person, right? Like ooh, get up there and like do badass things. Mm-hmm. Like cool affirmations are great, but they're not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Won't take that personally. Yeah, great. Uh, but the. What I love about this uh, account is that it's about sort of psychology, but it's also about sort of wellness in general. Um, It's all things that are based in her own practice as a licensed psychologist, but also are really easy to comprehend and are a reminder, I think, on on a pretty regular basis for me to take a pause and and think about things differently. So I'm like, actually going to read one of her posts oh, for our affirmation. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, I, I took a screenshot of it because I really found it inspiring and well articulated. And I just think the way that she writes it is perfect. So no. that, I cannot credit myself for <laughs> this one. Um, but I have really enjoyed having uh, that sort of that regular reminder to do head and heart work and having a prompt to think about things in a different way or to think about things uh, or to consider something that I hadn't thought about before. Yes. And I would add, and I think you would co-sign to this, that it's really nice to have healthy things in our social media feeds mm-hmm. so that yep. we don't get sucked down by the comparison with others, our exes on their fucking profiles or whatever. For sure. Um, remember, like, you are what you consume, mm-hmm. you know? So it's pretty good to have her, the holistic psychologist, in my f- Instagram feed. It's cute how you think I follow any of my exes. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's called The Holistic Psychologist with dots in between each word. On Instagram. All right, everyone. That brings us to the end of our episode. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JustBreakUpPod. You can also slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. uh, And also consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon, you get an additional bonus weekly episode, patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. This keeps the lights on and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers, giving them relationship advice. Original music recording, editing, and producing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And thanks to the holistic psychologist, (laughs) remember... The trauma you went through was not your fault, and you have a personal responsibility to heal. You've learned unhealthy coping mechanisms, but through intentional practice, you can unlearn them. Your habits reflect your past trauma and triggers, but you can work to shift them through keeping promises with yourself. How you behave in survival mode does not reflect who you are And it is only you that can make new choices for your life. 
your ego seeks someone to save or fix you, but you are the only person who holds that power. And if all else fails, just break up. 